Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Is the Big 12 the most competitive conference? And what does the future look like? Well, we break down every team in the conference and more right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. Give me a follow on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. The month is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and features, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, right off the bat, let's address the elephant in the room. The Board of Regents in Texas and Oklahoma unanimously voted to formally accept invitations to join the SEC. The two programs say they intend on remaining in the Big 12 through June 30th, 2025, when the current media rights deal expires. Though they could exit sooner, but both Texas and Oklahoma likely owe the Big 12 upward of $76 million apiece to buy out the remaining of their media rights agreement. But a new agreement with the SEC would likely make that price tag easily affordable for the two powerhouse programs. And the fallout for the rest of college football will be massive. But let's look inside the Big 12 numbers. Texas and Oklahoma have been a member of the Big 12 Conference since its inception in 1996, and the Big 12 would be trimmed to eight teams as the conference went from 12 to 10 teams for the 2011 season. The conference has already undergone two notable changes in the last decade. Colorado and Nebraska left in 2011, followed by Missouri and Texas A&M the following year when West Virginia and TCU were added. And in just football alone, Oklahoma and Texas have won each of the last 11 Big 12 Conference Championships, and they have combined to win a dominating 14 of the 19 Big 12 Conference Championships. Nebraska is the only other team that won multiple championships. Since the Big 12 was created in 1996, Oklahoma's 11 wins in Conference Championship games are most in the FBS, and their 917 win percentage is also tops in the FBS. Look, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves because we know who will be playing in the Big 12 this season. And is it the most competitive conference? Well, over the last three seasons, 66 of the Big 12's 133 conference games have been decided by one possession. That's within eight points. No other FBS conference had had a higher rate of one possession games in conference play over that span. So will Oklahoma continue to dominate in 2021? The Football Power Index gives Oklahoma a 68% chance to win its seventh consecutive Big 12 championship, which would tie BYU for the second most consecutive outright conference titles since 1937. So let's take a closer look at... The 
Oklahoma Sooners. They went 9-2, and 6-2 in the Big 12 last season, including a monster win over a 7th-ranked Florida in the Cotton Bowl, 55-20. They had a final AP rank of 6, and returning starters 78% on offense and 75 on defense. Oklahoma is coming off its 6th consecutive Big 12 championship and their 14th in school history. Since the conference's inception in 1996, other Big 12 schools have combined to win or share 13 titles. How about this eye-popping stat? Since their six-year streak began in 2015, the Sooners have as many conference losses as they do Big 12 championships with six. Remarkably, the streak has continued through a coaching change. Since Lincoln Riley took over in 2017, Oklahoma has lost just five Big 12 conference games, with each of those five losses coming by seven points or fewer. And another reason Coach Riley has a big smile on that face is that three consecutive seasons with a new starting quarterback for the Sooners, Spencer Rattler will be the first starting quarterback to return for Oklahoma since Baker Mayfield in 2017. This marks the first time Riley gets a second season with a quarterback since becoming the head coach. And speaking of that, Spencer Rattler... Could he be hauling some hardware by season's end? Just say he is man. The 2021 Heisman odds from Bet Online in the college football futures give Spencer Rattler a plus 700 just behind JT Daniels of Georgia. Now, this shouldn't come as a shock to anyone as each of Riley's previous three quarterbacks either won the Heisman with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray or finished second when Jalen Hurts did it before moving on to the NFL. So I turned to scout and NFL dress analyst Ryan Roberts to see if Rattler will hoist the Heisman. I, I think so. He, um, it, you know, Oklahoma quarterbacks, that's just kind of what they do under Lincoln <laughs> Riley. I mean, Kyler Murray, they expect Baker it. Mayfield. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a underwhelming if a quarterback doesn't hoist the Heisman and go first overall right now for Lincoln Riley. So I think that he definitely has the opportunity. He has a lot of talent coming back. There were, some inconsistencies to his game but even through the inconsistencies you know 28 touchdowns only seven interceptions he had a phenomenal first year starting quarterback and for a trend of transfer quarterbacks that have been going to Oklahoma having the development aspect I think going into his second year potentially here I I think is huge for a guy like a Spencer Rattler who was just getting his feet wet last year and from a talent perspective he has maybe the most talented arm in the class I mean coupled with not only arm strength, but just the release quickness he has ball comes out in a hurry. He's got the athleticism to him. I would say from a, from just my perspective, from what I've seen on Twitter and just from some talking heads, I would, I think that he might be what people perceive to be as the clear cut favorite to end up as the top quarterback off the board, at least from a talent perspective. And it is a pretty clean projection when you think of what Lincoln Riley has done for the team. There is just, you know, some inconsistencies that are still there. He got a little gun shy in the you know, middle of the season when uh, when he kind of went through a little bit of a rough patch. But the talent is clearly all there. He could also be not only in the conversation for the Heisman and some of those other awards, but he could be in that conversation for the first quarterback off the board as well. Yeah, amazing. And his 92.5 passing grade by PFF ranked third nationally last season behind BYU Zach Wilson and Heisman finalist Mac Jones of Alabama. Rattler did complete his first full spring practice under Riley in 2021 because last year's spring practice was canceled due to the pandemic. The lack of reps in the spring may have affected Rattler's play early in the season. 
Through Oklahoma's three FBS games, Rattler had nine touchdown passes and five interceptions. He was benched in the second quarter of the Texas game after a fumble and an interception on back-to-back drives. However, over the Sooners' last seven games, he threw 15 touchdowns and just two INTs. A staple of Lincoln Riley's offense is the ability to beat defenses deep. Since 2017, Sooner quarterbacks have 52 touchdowns on passes thrown 20 yards or more downfield, which is tied for second most in the FBS. Rather had 12 such touchdown passes last season, which was the second most amount power five quarterbacks trailing only Mac Jones. But Rattler has the weapons back. Three of his four favorite targets return this season in wide receiver Marvin Mims, Theo Wees, as well as tight end Austin Stogner. Rattler had a 95.6 QBR when targeting any of these three players last season. And the ground game is still in capable hands. Even though Sooner rushing attack loses its top two rushers from 2020 in Ramondre Stevenson and TJ Pledger, an old face returns in Kennedy Brooks, who opted out last season. They also added Eric Gray from the transfer portal, who led Tennessee in rushing last season. And wow, Brooks topped 1,000 yards rushing in each of his first two seasons and was named second team All-Big 12 in 2019. Brooks is known for his big play ability with 22 runs of 20 yards or more in his career, and even though he missed last season, that still ranks as third most in the Big 12 since 2018. And it's going to be interesting to see the big men up front as the Sooners lose two 2020 All-Big 12 offensive linemen in Creed Humphrey and Adrian Ely. They do return three starters who have a combined 68 career starts. And Zach Barnett, National College football writer for Football Scoop, loves the co-offensive coordinator and O-line coach and thinks he deserves a raise. Uh, I think Bill Biedenboe at, at Oklahoma, you know, he started with making 810000 Um He's a, a guy that his next move, I believe, is going to be as a head coach. I, I think that, I mean, Oklahoma's offense, they're really good. In every position, the fact that they're so good in the passing game helps their offensive line. The fact that they're so good on the offensive line helps their passing game, obviously. But, I mean, they're really good up front every single year, and he seems to replace three or four starters every year, and it never really seems to matter. So I'm really impressed with him. I know the Hogs up front want him to stay. And among the returning starters, keep an eye out for Eric Swenson. He started the final 10 games at left tackle and allowed just one sack and had one single blown block on a run play. And you might not know, but the Sooners are getting a little defensive. In Lincoln Riley's first two seasons in Norman, defense was seemingly optional as the Sooners ranked near the bottom of the FBS in most defensive categories. Riley hired Alex Grinch in 2019, who has revamped the Sooner defense in a formidable unit that has proven it could slow down some of the high-octane Big 12 offenses. And Zach Barnett, National College Football Writer for Football Scoop, thinks Grinch earns every penny. He was a finalist uh, for our uh, defensive backs award, uh, along with their quarterback, Coach Roy Manning. Uh, I mean, they've jumped 80 spots. In his time there in defensive pass efficiency, I mean, you know, in 2018, their pass defense was as bad as any I've ever seen on a on a good on a championship level team. I mean, they were just a joke on the back end defensively as recently as as three seasons ago. And, and by 2020, I mean their, their pass defense and their defense as a whole has become a strength. So, I mean, this is another guy like like 
Jim Leonard that's on the head coaching track. And frankly, I'll be surprised if he's still Oklahoma's defensive coordinator is now. Well, I know Boomer Sooner fans hope he stays because the Sooners went from allowing the 88th most yards per game in the FBS to just 32nd in the FBS under Grinch. Last season, they finished 29th in yards per game allowed, their best since 2013. And the cupboard remains full on the defensive side of the ball as 10 players return who started at least five games last season. So what lies ahead? The Sooners have the 17th toughest schedule in the FBS, but the easiest schedule in the Big 12. The Sooners' marquee out-of-conference matchup takes place on September 18th when Nebraska visits Norman, as this will mark the 87th meeting between the two Big 8 and Big 12 rivals for the first time since 1919. They will play as members of separate conferences. Oklahoma's won the last three matchups played in Norman, which includes a 31-14 win over then number one Nebraska in 2000, which was the last time the Cornhuskers were ranked number one in the AP poll. But what about their nemesis? Oklahoma will look to stop a two-game losing streak against Kansas State. Yes, Kansas State on October 2nd. Since the inception of the Big 12, Oklahoma has lost three straight games against Big 12 teams just twice with the last occurring being over 20 years ago. The November 20th showdown against Iowa State could be the game of the year in the Big 12. And since 2017, these two teams have split the last four regular season matchups with Iowa State winning last season's game 37-30. And as Oklahoma seeking their seventh consecutive conference title, the Sooners' most likely opponent in the Big 12 championship game is Texas. Oklahoma has an 89% chance to make the game, while the Longhorns are next with a 39% chance. So will the Longhorns hook them or hang them up? Texas went 7-3 last season and just 5-3 in the Big 12. They did defeat Colorado in the Alamo Bowl 55-23, and their final AP rank was 19. They return 61% of the entire team, 53 on offense, 69 on defense will return for the Longhorns. But don't worry about Austin. It's welcome to Sarksville. 2020 Broyles Award winner Steve Sarkeesian will take over on the 40 Acres this season after spending two seasons as Nick Saban's offensive coordinator. So I spoke with sports writer at Yard Barker Jeff Mazidlo on how he will make the jump back into the head coaching ranks. You know, when this guy does make a move to, to becoming a, a college coach, he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't settle for, he only settles for some of the biggest, you know, the, what, some of the biggest programs in the country. So a lot of eyes are going to be on that because Texas is, they, they believe that they should be, you know, national championship contenders every year. That hasn't been the case uh, in, in a little bit. They've gotten better, but it's the inconsistency that they need uh, to kind of, to, to kind of iron out. And they believe that he's the guy to do it offensively. I've always thought that the issue with Texas in the last couple of years hasn't necessarily been offense. It's been defense. And, you know, they're bringing in an offensive coach. Now I can see why, I mean, you're going to have a new quarterback coming in and um, you do have some, some nice parts coming back at some of the skilled spots. But to me, the big focus on, on Sarkeesian is if he could improve the defense, but you know, he's not a defensive guy. He's, he's offense through and through. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Interesting indeed. But can he win enough games to appease the Longhorn faithful? The only Texas coach over the last 35 seasons to win eight or more games in his first season at the helm was Mack Brown, who finished 9-3. and three. Brown is also the last Texas coach to beat Oklahoma in his first season. Can Sarks buck the disturbing trend 
Over the previous 10 seasons, there have been 14 first-year head coaches in the Big 12. Only three of those coaches won eight or more games in their first full season. And Texas fans are hoping Sarkeesian's high-octane Crimson Tide offense can be repurposed into burnt orange. In his two seasons at Alabama, the Crimson Tide broke the school record for points per game in back-to-back seasons. So is this higher an upgrade for Texas? Well, Zach Barnett, National College Football Writer for Football Scoop, thinks so. I think it is. Uh, initially, I was pretty skeptical. My, my, my initial gut reaction was, well, who could look good calling plays for that offense? But uh, the more it's played out, the more I dug into it, the more I've listened to, to Sark. I think, I think Texas uh, made a, a smart risk here. Uh, a risk given that, that Sark's you know, history as a head coach, uh, probably wouldn't have gotten him this job just based on that alone. Obviously, he needed the time with Nick Saban to, to grow a season. But I, I've been really impressed with the staff. Uh, Top-level recruits have, have clearly bought in. Um, but I think so. Having I, I think having a, a head coach that's elite at what he does and, and play calling. Um, I mean, you look at it just from a practical sketch, uh, a practical perspective. Uh, the biggest game of the year for Texas is obviously Oklahoma. And as long as Lincoln Riley's there, uh, you, realistically, you're never going to have an advantage in offensive play calling. But, you know, with Tom Herman, it, it, you went into that game knowing you were at a disadvantage. And, you know, obviously, same for, you know, just about anybody. But I think Sark is, is right at there at that level. And then you can play Oklahoma to a draw. And then at that point, you hope that it becomes about talent, and it, it, Texas takes a back seat to no one in terms of talent, or at least they should in any given year of the Big 12. So it helps you solve the Oklahoma problem. I think the, the staff is better, and I think Texas just needed a culture change. So um, I, I have to applaud the, the search committee. They they identified who they wanted and um, and, and, and went after the, the traits, the guy that, that they thought could do the best job, and, and they're willing to live with the consequences. I mean, it's been a long, long time since Texas didn't hire a sitting head coach to be their head coach. Obviously, he has experience in the past, but yeah, with USC and Washington, yeah, to 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 do the un-Texas move and take a risk in this uh, in this hire, I think I, I, I applaud them for it. Now, Alabama scored forty points or more in eight of its ten games against ranked opponents under Sarkeesian. For comparison, the Longhorns have scored 40 points or more against ranked opponents just six times over the last 10 seasons. Wow. The biggest question mark in the Lone Star State is who replaces Sam Ellinger? After Colt McCoy graduated in 2009, the Longhorns went through six different starting quarterbacks between 2010 and 2016. Those quarterbacks finished with a combined record of 46 and 42 and since 2017, the Longhorns have had just two starters with Sam Ellinger starting every game since 2018. Texas will be one of two Big 12 schools that enter the 2021 season with a quarterback that has not started a college game in his career. And the two quarterbacks battling to fill the shoes of Sam is junior Casey Thompson and redshirt freshman Hudson Card. Card was number 40 in the 2020 ESPN 300 class, the highest rated QB signee by Texas since 2009. In the 2020 Alamo Bowl, Casey Thompson relieved Ellinger in the second half and went on to set the school record for touchdown passes in a bowl game with four, going eight for 10 for 170 yards. 
and the last Texas quarterback to finish the season with a winning record as a starter in his first season. You have to go all the way back to David Ash in 2011 when he went just 4-3. and three. But there's a lot to look forward to because the last three instances where Steve Sarkeesian took over at a school, the quarterback who won the starting job in Sark's first year put up a top-five mark in passing touchdowns in school history, the latest trend being Tua Tagovailoa's 33 passing touchdowns in 2019. So I know what you're saying. The Longhorns should just hand the rock off. The strength of the Texas offense may be centered on sophomore running back Bijan Robinson, who set the Texas school record for yards per carry in a season at 8.2 yards per carry last year. As a freshman, he exploded onto the scene towards the end of the season with 522 of his 703 rushing yards coming in the last four games of the year. And get this, Robinson accounted for nearly one-third of Texas yards from scrimmage over those last four games. From the month of November on, he averaged 162.8 yards from scrimmage, which let all Power 5 players over that span. And there must be a trucking stick on the controller as 499 of his 703 yards came after contact last season. That means he averaged an absurd 5.8 yards after contact, which was second best rate in the FBS among running backs and the best among Power 5 running backs. In fact, his 5.8 after contact is the best by a Power 5 running back since 2011. And according to Bet Online College Football Futures, Robinson has the best odds among running backs to win the 2021 Heisman Trophy. The last Texas running back to win the Heisman was Ricky Williams in 1998 in Max Brown's first season as head coach of the Longhorns. And the big uh-oh in Austin is Texas has the fourth toughest schedule in the FBS. Ugh. But Texas opens its season home against Louisiana. The Longhorns are 10-0 all-time against Sunbelt teams. However, the Raging Cajuns opened its 2020 campaign on the road with a win over Iowa State, its first road win as a ranked opponent in school history. The following week, Texas travels to Fayetteville to take on Arkansas, rekindling an old Southwest Conference rivalry. And this matchup concerns Zach Barnett the most. Texas-Arkansas, I think. Uh, as I, as I oh, your alma mater. Are you a little worried about that game? Well, as I wrote the piece, so the last time Texas went to, to Arkansas, they've only been once since the Southwest Conference broke up. And you, you saw a pretty average Arkansas team. They, they, they finished 5-6 and six that year. Uh, nearly beat the, the eventual Rose Bowl champion, Texas team. It was 22-20 with Vince Young, Cedric Benson, and that whole crew. So, I mean, Arkansas, obviously... Uh, it's not to say that they don't care about LSU, Alabama, and all that stuff, but uh, certainly for the old guard, they're, they're going to get up for this game unlike any other uh, on their schedule. And so uh, with Texas breaking in, uh, new, you know, new schemes on both sides of the ball, uh, Arkansas bringing back uh, its staff for the second year, that's one that I, I would definitely circle. This is just the third time the Longhorns will play an SEC team on the road over the last 25 seasons. <laughs> well, maybe they should start uh, getting used to playing SEC teams. Just saying, just putting that out there. They won the previous two instances, Old Miss in 2012 and Arkansas in 2004. And the Longhorns will miss home cooking and live the road warrior life for a while as Texas will play just one game at home over the course of a five-game stretch from October 2nd to November 6th. 
They will have an opportunity to exercise some of those road demons over that stretch as they play TCU at Baylor and at Iowa State. Texas lost on the road to all three of those teams in 2019. And how about the Red River Showdown? The 117th meeting between the Sooners and the Longhorns is set for October 9th. Seven of the last eight matchups between Texas and Oklahoma have been cited by one possession or less, with the only exception being the 2018 Big 12 championship game. That is the most one possession games in any FBS matchup since 2014. However, the Longhorns are just two and five in those games. But don't sleep on the boys from Ames. As the Iowa State Cyclones went 9-3, 8-1 in the Big 12 last season. Their 2020 postseason, they defeated Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl, 34-17. and had a final AP rank of 9. They do return a ton of starters, 94% on offense and 81% on defense. And if you want a blueprint on how to build a program, look no further than Matt Campbell. Prior to Matt Campbell's arrival in 2016, Iowa State finished with a winning record in Big 12 play just once. Since then, though, the Cyclones have finished with a winning record in conference play four of his five seasons, which culminated in a Big 12 championship game appearance in 2020. And over the last four seasons, the Cyclones have the second best winning percentage in Big 12 play, trailing only Oklahoma. And since the inception of the Big 12 in 1996, Iowa State has 16 wins against ranked opponents. Nine of those wins have come since 2016 under one Matt Campbell. For a little perspective, the five years prior to Campbell's arrival, Iowa State won 20 games. Okay, 20, not good. In five years under Campbell, they won 35 games. Their 15-win improvement over the previous five seasons is the second largest five-year win improvement among Power 5 teams. And the Cyclone cupboard is full. Iowa State returns 19 starters from last year's team. Eight of the nine players that were named first team all Big 12 last season are among the returnees. And it sure looks pretty under center. Brock Purdy will enter 2021 as the Big 12's active leader in wins by a starting quarterback with a record of 22-11. and 11. Even more impressive is his 18-6 and six record against Big 12 opponents. His 18 wins are currently tied for the sixth most by a Big 12 quarterback over the last 15 seasons, just eight wins shy of Colt McCoy and Baker Mayfield. Purdy's 12 300-yard games in his career are tied for the most among returning FBF quarterbacks. No other Iowa State quarterbacks has more than five in their career. And lining up in the backfield with Purdy will be junior running back Brees Hall. He led the FBS in rushing yards last season. His 21 rushing touchdowns were the second most in the FBS and tied the Iowa State single season record held by Troy Davis, the 1996 Heisman Trophy runner up. So we go back to scout and NFL draft analyst Ryan Roberts on this Cyclone legend. Brees Hall got a really high second round grade for me, which is a good grade for a running back, especially. And I, I think that he might be my favorite comparison that I've made so far. I, it immediately popped off, and I don't know if it's because he wears 28 to a degree, but Curtis Martin was a guy that just kept popping in my head. Nice. That's I a felt, good comparison. Yeah. I mean, Hall of Fame running back. So, you know, obviously I don't want to, you know, put too much pressure on the young man. But for me, it was, you know, he's 6'1", 215 pounds. He's a very solid frame. 
I wouldn't necessarily call him a pure power back. I wouldn't necessarily call him a pure speed back, but he kind of just has best of both worlds. And he has just subtle quickness in the hole, makes guys on the second level miss so often. He has great vision. I think that there's an all-around skill set to a guy like a Brees Hall. He is definitely the favorite to finish running back one. Obviously, I need to do a lot more work in that um, in that area here very soon. But I think that he has all the talent in the world to be that guy. And, I mean, if anybody saw what he did for Iowa State this past year, phenomenal running back, to say the least. Uh, to say the least is right. Hall was the first unanimous All-American in Iowa State history. Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. Runner-up for the Doak Walker Award. Sixth in the Heisman Trophy balloting. First team All-Big 12. And the nation's leading rusher with 1,572 yards for the third best season total in school history. In total, Hall had 23 touchdowns last season, 21 rushing, two receiving. That is tied for the sixth most in a season in Big 12 history. And Hall has rushed for at least 75 yards and one rushing touchdown in 12 consecutive games. Currently tied for the second longest streak by an FBS player over the last 15 seasons. Monte Ball did it for Wisconsin in 14 straight games in 2011 and 2012. How about another weapon tight end at Charlie Kohler? Elected to forego the NFL draft to come back for another season with the Cyclones. Kohler has been one of the top receiving tight ends in the FBS over the last two seasons. His 95 receptions, almost 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns over the last two years are second among FBS tight ends, trailing only 2021 first-round draft pick Kyle Pitts. Now the Cyclone schedule will have them spinning. Iowa State plays the sixth toughest schedule in the FBS. They open the season against FCS Northern Iowa, where the Cyclones are three and two over the last five games in this series and are dangerously close to being two and three after winning a 29-26 triple overtime the last time these two met in 2019. The following week, the Cyclones renew their rivalry with Iowa after not playing last year for the first time since 1976, the Cyclones have lost five straight to Iowa with their last win coming all the way back in 2014. So I spoke with Zach Barnett, National College Football Writer for Football Scoop, on how special this game for the Cy Hawk Trophy will be. On a personal level, this might be uh, my most anticipated game simply because of what it's going to mean to everyone involved. I think uh, you know, if COVID gets to where we all want it to be, uh, I, I think you could possibly see more people in Ames for this game than any have ever been, just given uh, what we've all been through and then the, the stakes of this particular matchup. Um, you know, as I write, Matt Campbell has, has done a lot of things that have never been done before at Iowa State, but he's never beaten Iowa. And so, I mean, in, in Iowa State, I mean, they bring back uh, I think more super seniors than just about anybody. So, you know, I, in general, I think the 2021 college football season is going to be a special one given that there's going to be more returning experience uh, across the board than any season in recent memory. And the fact that last season was so weird with, with basically no non-conference games and, and really no fans of the championship. So the fact that we can hopefully, hopefully get a normal season with Packed stadiums, I think, will will embrace it all the more. And I think, I think this Iowa Iowa State game is kind of the has a chance to be kind of the epitome of all those storylines rolled into a single game. Yeah, the Cyclones are looking good, and they met sixty seven times, and Iowa leads that series forty five to twenty two. 
And then the Cyclones traveled to Norman, Oklahoma to face off against the Sooners on November 20th. Matt Campbell is just 2-3 and three against Lincoln Riley, with four of those five games decided by seven points or fewer. Now we head to Fort Worth and the TCU Horn Frogs. They went 6-4 and four and just 5-4 and four in the Big 12 last season, and their game against Arkansas in the Texas Bowl was canceled. They returned 10 starters on offense and 8 on defense, according to Phil Steele. And the man under the headset, Gary Patterson, is entering his 21st season as the head coach of TCU. He is the second longest tenured coach in the FBS behind Iowa's Kirk Ferentz. And it's not hop-hop for the Frogs, it's ground and pound. TCU finished with the Big 12's leading rushing attack last season, averaging a shade over 214 yards per game on the ground. The Horn Frogs ran the ball 52.9% of their plays, which is the highest rate in a season over the last 15 years. Let's swing on over to Stillwater and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They went a respectable 8-3 and 6-3 and and in the Big 12 last season. They defeated Miami in the Cheez-It Bowl 37-34 and had a final AP ranking of 20. They do return five as starters on offense and eight on defense, according to Phil Steele. The 13 starters returning are the fewest in the Big 12 among the players that must be replaced. And this is a tough one. Running back at Chuba Hubbard, wide receiver Taylon Wallace and wide receiver Dylan Stoner. These three players have accounted for 53% of Oklahoma State's total yards from scrimmage over the last three seasons. L.D. Brown and Desmond Jackson are the likely candidates to replace Hubbard at running back. Jackson is one of two Big 12 running backs with a 200-yard game over the last two seasons. The other one is Hubbard himself. But all they do is win, win, win no matter what. Because since 2010, Oklahoma State has won 101 games. The only school in the Big 12 with more wins over that span is their in-state nemesis, Oklahoma. And how about the men in Morgantown, the West Virginia Mountaineers? They went 6-4 and four and just 4-4 four and four in the Big 12 last season, but they did defeat Army in the Liberty Bowl 24-21. They do return nine starters on offense, eight on defense, according to Phil Steele. The Mountaineers are coming off their first season with a bowl win since 2015. Through two seasons at West Virginia, Neil Brown is 11-11. But with a bowl win under his belt, Brown will look now to snap a two-year hiatus from the AP poll, West Virginia's longest stretch since 1999 through 2001. They are one of three teams in the Big 12 that have failed to rank in the AP Top 25 at any point over the last two seasons. Most of West Virginia's success last season was due in part to its defense, which led the Big 12 in a number of categories, including total defense, pass defense, and scoring defense. We now move to Lubbock and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Well, they had a tough season, four and six, and just three and six in the Big 12. They do return eight starters on offense, eight on defense, according to Phil Steele. Texas Tech hasn't finished the year ranked in the AP poll since 2009. Prior to that, the Red Raiders had a stretch where they finished ranked five out of the six seasons between 2004 and 2009. And Texas Tech is in a drought. Matt Wells is also seeking to secure a bowl win for Texas Tech, something they haven't done since 2013. And wow, are they yearning for the Patrick Mahomes days? The Texas Tech offense averaged under 270 yards passing last season, marking the first season since 2000 in which they failed to average at least 300 yards per game. 
The Red Raiders will now turn to offensive coordinator Sonny Cumbie in hopes that he writes the ship and gets the Red Raiders back on course. The former Texas Tech QB comes over after spending the previous seven seasons at TCU in the same role where he revamped the Horn Frogs offense. The TCU offense put up four of the top six single season offensive outputs in school history under Cumbie. And a program that looks to get back on track is in Waco. The Baylor Bears, they went just 2-7 and seven in the Big 12 last season, but they do return 7 on offense and 10 on defense, according to Phil Steele. Dave Aranda, first full season in Waco, like many other teams, was a bit choppy due to COVID-19. The Bears' 90.3 rushing yards per game last season was the second worst output by a Big 12 team since 2010. Last season, Baylor's leading rusher, Craig Williams, amassed only 197 yards. There were four FBF teams whose leading rusher had fewer yards, but each of those teams played just four games or fewer, while Baylor played nine. And with Charlie Brewer transferring, Baylor becomes one of just two Big 12 schools who doesn't have a quarterback on its roster that has started a college game. The likely candidates, Red Shirt Jr. Jerry Bohannon, and Richard Sopmore, Jacob Zeno. They have combined for 64 pass attempts, 435 yards, and three TDs. Bohannon has done a bit of damage with his feet as well, rushing for 291 yards and three scores. Now we head to Manhattan, Kansas that is, and the Kansas State Wildcats who win a 4-6, four 4-5 and four and in the Big 12 last season. They returned 10 starters on offense, 6 on defense according to Phil Steele. And Chris Kleiman enters his third season at Kansas State after losing six games last season, which matched his loss total in his five seasons at North Dakota State. His top priority will be keeping quarterback Skylar Thompson healthy. Thompson is one of five super seniors on Kansas State's roster, which are players who elected to use their additional year of eligibility. In Kleiman's two seasons, the Wildcats are 10-6 and six with Thompson under center and 2-5 and five with backup Will Howard, who was a freshman last season. The Wildcats do get up for one team, the Oklahoma Sooners. Oklahoma has four losses over the last two seasons. Half of those have been courtesy of Kansas State. And the Wildcats will seek to become the first Big 12 school to defeat Oklahoma in three straight seasons since Texas did it in 97-99. It would be just the third time it has happened since its inception of the Big 12 in 1996. And unfortunately, they don't play Oklahoma every week. Last but not least, we stay in the Sunflower State, the Kansas Jayhawks, who went 0-9 and 0-8 in the Big 12 last season. They do return eight offensive starters and eight on defense, according to Phil Steele. And the good news is their new coach, Lance Leipold. He is just one of two first-year Big 12 head coaches entering the season, Leipold comes over from Buffalo after spending six seasons there, and over the last three seasons, he led the Bulls to a 24-10 record, which was the seventh-best winning percentage among group of five teams. The bad news, since 2009, Kansas is 7-98 in Big 12 conference games. The Jayhawks haven't won multiple conference games in a season since 2008. Over that span, Arkansas and Iowa, not even in the conference, have defeated more Big 12 teams than Kansas. All right, it's time to go for two. Get that kicker out of there. Two final points. Two huge stats for the Big 12. First, who has the best chance to make the Big 12 championship? 
Well, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, it's Oklahoma 89%, Texas at 39%, Iowa State right behind them 38%, and then it drops off big. TCU has a 13% chance to make the Big 12 championship. Oklahoma State 11%, West Virginia 4 Baylor 3 Texas Tech 3 and Kansas and Kansas State under 1%. And secondly, we were talking about all those close games in the Big 12. So here's a stat. The percent of conference games decided by one possession in the last three seasons, that's where the Big 12 leads the way in such games. At 49.6%, the Pac-12 is right behind them at 45.7%. The MAC, 41.7%. Conference USA, 37.4%. And heading all the way down the list, the ACC, only 30% of conference games decided by one possession in the last three seasons. Check back next week because we'll have more conference previews leading up to the kickoff of the college football season. And of course, Believe in College Football Legends is presented by Bet Online. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.